things from a lot of uh, human weakness. You know, I can see this is, these, are, these are issues that uh, we are still carrying around with us when we are supposed to be mature. Okay, maturity is supposed to leave these things behind, behind us. You know, one thing as a, as a preacher of the Word of God you must understand or must learn is that when you're on the pulpit, you must become blind. Okay? You're blind to people, you know, whether they look at you like this, you know, or whether they are, they are putting a fist, you know. You, you must become blind. I'm not saying you must not see the people, but I mean, whatever reaction you get should be immaterial. You, you concentrate on that which is your message, okay? And you, you deliver your message. Uh, your, your eyes should be upon the Lord, you know, on, 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 as, as the Bible says, on the mouth of God, okay? So that you can be able to deliver that which he has given you. Okay, unless you don't know what you are supposed to say, you know, if you are only saying things to, to please people, then, then it's a different story. And unfortunately, there are so many people who are masquerading on the pulpits. And of course, they are, they are not interested in, in really what, what God is saying, but they're interested in how people respond. You know, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah, amen. You know, and uh, if you are not shouting uh, amen loud enough, they, 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 are, they, are, they are cracking a whip on you. You know, so that, this, is, this is a very different kind of way of, of doing things. You know, uh, again, you know, um, we are all different in the way we are, we are delivering the word. You know, some of us, we are on fire. Some of us, we are very quiet, you know. I, I'm not the one who is, who is on the top of, the, of my voice. And uh, this is not my interest, you know. I could, I could train my voice to be a bit uh, a higher pitch, but I, I, I don't want to because I'm communicating something. I don't just want people to shout amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know. Uh, and they, at, the, at the end of the meeting, they don't know what I said, you know. So what good was the whole thing for? So it's just an entertainment, okay. Pastor Dixon has a very good voice, you know, very, very loud. I had to tell him to tune down many times. <laughs> Am I right? You know, because the, the issue is not, you know, and, and, you know, don't misunderstand me. Uh, uh, the voice God has given us is a gift to us. Okay? But you must always balance what, what you know, which voice you say and what you say must match. Okay? Not that you are saying something with a voice that is harsh when you are trying to, to comfort somebody. You know, then, then you, you have missed the point. So your, your voice and your message must, must agree with each other. And then, you know, please, don't, don't misunderstand me. Uh, when you go on the pulpit, know why you are there. Okay? Don't try to use it as a platform to make uh, fans. Okay? Or get likes. We are not on Facebook. <laughs> Okay, we are, we are having the word of life, and the word of life is to, to, to build people and to bring transformation to them. Okay, if we don't do it right, then as we have seen yesterday, then the people will be dull because the word of God is being shielded, you know. And sometimes with our, with our uh, human, uh, you know, uh, uh, elements that we are bringing in, we are shielding the word of God. They are seeing more of what we are, then they are seeing the word of God. And that is, that is a problem. So we must learn that the word of God must be paramount. Okay? 
And uh, don't be worried about the reactions that you get, you know. To me, this is immaterial. Of course, you know, later on you may hear, oh, no, this one said this and this one said that. But so what? I've delivered the word and that's it. Okay? The second thing I want to say is, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. And they had all expectations. Okay? And you know they were arguing who is the greatest. These were human elements, you know, things that needed to be resolved, things that needed to be changed in their lives because, uh, you know, they, they were picked from, from you know, the, 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 the shore of, 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 of the lake or from the, the, the booth of, of, of a tax collector or wherever. You know, they were picked and were put together and they brought their own human, uh, you know, elements with, with them when they came to follow Jesus. But Jesus trained them. Jesus taught them. Jesus, you know, had to correct them. Remember yesterday I said that um, uh, Peter was, was always looking at over his shoulder because he felt like, uh, you know, maybe he was, he was, you know, overshadowed by his young friend because John was younger than Peter was, okay? John was a very young man, okay? But he felt, you know... What will happen to this one? Because, you know, he was always able to get so close to, to Jesus than, than even Peter was. And yet Peter was the one who had the initiative. Peter had the, 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 the first word and the last word, if, if possible, you know. So, you see, Jesus called him, and he was, not, uh, he was not worried to please them. You know, so write this down, you see, let me tell you, you can't please everybody. You can't please everybody. Okay. Now, of course, when you have a group of people, it is, there's no question that there are ambitions that everyone has. Okay. Hopefully not, uh, you know, uh, human fleshly ambitions, but uh, good ambitions. And that in itself is not wrong, okay? It's good to, to have that desire to say, okay, I want to contribute. I want to, to also have something to say. No problem. You know, that's why we take this time to interact with each other where, where the platform can be given to anybody, okay? But of course, when we are on the platform, mind you that you are exposing yourself, okay? You show you who you really are. You show what your level of thinking is. And of course, that's why it's good that we, <laughs> that we have this time of, of, of interaction. But you see, in the time of interaction, let us learn to grow. Let us learn to change. When we, when we realize, oh, maybe this was not really the right kind of human reaction that I had, we need to work on those things. We need to transform on those things, okay? Because none of us has been, when we first were called from, from the world, what we are today, hopefully. If you are still the same, then something is wrong, you know. And we are not going to be what we are today if, you know, we are still staying for any stretch of, of, of time in, in, in the ministry of the Lord. God will continue to change us. And if that cannot happen then there is a, there's a real problem, okay? So the human element of our thinking 
must be transformed. Okay? When somebody is called upon uh, to, 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 to speak and you were having the ambition that you should, be have, that you should have been the one, you know, just like was rightly said, uh, Caleb was able to submit. Okay? This was the problem of Peter. You know, what about, what about John? You know, why John? Why don't you talk to John like that? Not to me. <laughs> okay? And yet, you know, God is fully aware of every detail of our heart. Okay? He knows the way we think. He knows the way we respond, we react, you know. He knows the, the different folds in our heart and mind, you know. He knows the motivation, the true motivation of, of our heart. Okay? When we, when we speak, we may, not, we may not necessarily bring out what really bothers us down there. But sooner or later, it will become known. Okay? And you know, if you are on the, on the pulpit every Sunday, wherever you are preaching, and if there are human elements which are remaining there, you know, uh, you must understand your people will know you. Okay? They will know you. They, they will know that you have a problem somewhere. And you need, to, you need to resolve these issues. And so if they are ministering to you, don't see it negative. But see it as an act of love. Okay? That, of course, is sometimes my problem because people don't want to approach me to say, Pastor, you know, what about this, what about that? So I have to, I have to rely on my wife, <laughs> okay, to, 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 to tell me, okay, I think here maybe you were a bit too harsh or a bit too what. And, of course, I have to, have to wait. Is it true? Or, or, or is it... You know, because sometimes as a preacher, sometimes as a prophet, sometimes as a, as a, 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 a voice in the wilderness or a voice who has to deliver the, the thing, sometimes you can't help it but you deliver it in, in, in the way that you uh, receive it at that particular time. So, you know, uh, we, we, we are work in progress. Okay, we are work in progress. We are not, we have not, none of us has arrived, uh, starting from me to anybody else here, we have not arrived. We are all still work in progress, still, still being transformed. But of course, things must change, okay? I should not be who I was two years ago. I should not respond or react in the same angry way that I reacted two years ago. <laughs> you know, we are human beings and we make mistakes and sometimes we are, we are wrapped on the wrong way, you know, and uh, we, we respond in, 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 in negative ways. But we, we learn out of that, okay? That's the beauty, you know. The only time you are not learning anymore is when you are dead, okay? A corpse cannot learn anything. Okay? But we are all alive. And because we are alive, it's our opportunity to reason. It's our opportunity to consider ourselves. Okay? It's our opportunity to, to transform. And, you know, we, we, we are so uh, wonderfully uh, privileged by our Lord, who is not hammering us down immediately when something goes wrong. Okay, you know, I mean, there are such environments where when somebody is making a mistake, he gets hit immediately. You know, please don't do that. Okay, 
You're not perfect, so don't, don't, uh, don't uh, behave as if you are the perfect one and everybody is uh, trying to, uh, or needs to be hammered after, after making a mistake. You know, we need to be counselors. We need to be encouragers. We need to bring the word as people who build. Okay? Even if something very bad has happened, we still want to try and save the person. Okay, sometimes you have to use a whip. No question about it. Sometimes you have to be harsh in order to separate uh, the sinner from the sin so that at least the sinner will become uh, a saint. Okay, and even Jesus said, I mean, can you imagine Jesus handing somebody over to Satan? Huh? That's, is, isn't that harsh? But of course, sometimes there may be a need to do that because somebody may not come to their senses in any other way. But on the other hand, you know, we, we must understand our calling is our calling. Okay, and uh, even if you have a father, uh, you know, every human father is just a representative father. I have not called you, okay? I've been privileged to, to see God bringing you to, to, to my house, and uh, we are here together, and we're marching together, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking the, the representative role of, 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 the, of the father in heaven as a father in that house, okay? You understand? I'm not the ultimate father, so I have not called you. I, I, I may not even know every detail about you. I mean, thank God, God gives me understanding, you know, how to employ uh, certain, certain things or how to even employ certain people, uh, but, but I'm not the ultimate, okay? So you are not trying to, you, you, you don't need to try and please me, okay? To show you how great you are. But you, you should learn to please God. And if you please God, you will please me too. Okay? That is automatic. If you are learning to please the Lord, okay, who has given you a call, who has brought you into ministry, who has given you, you know, uh, a place where to, where, to, where to function, whether it's on the pulpit as a preacher, whether it's uh, in the streets as an evangelist, whether it's, uh, you know, in the classroom as a teacher, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, be, be content to function in this way. You see, the, 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 easiest, the easiest way for us to function is in the very calling that God has given us. Okay? I've had a friend, uh, and uh, he, he had some um, outstanding gift. He was very, very practical, very good in many ways. He was working for many years with uh, the team of, of Reinhard Bonke. Actually, we were together in college, in Bible college. But then he had an ambition, okay? His ambition was he wanted to be the next Reinhard Bonke, okay? Now, Reinhard Bonke had a, a particular calling, you know? And I think uh, those of us who are familiar with him, maybe some of you have not known him. Uh, never mind, that is not important. But... Uh, you know, God used this man, Reinhard Bonnke, as an evangelist in an amazing way. And there's not a second one, okay? Even so, when he came to Zambia, you know, they were, he, when he left him, there must have been not less than 100 Reinhard Bonnke's. <laughs> who were, you know, 
copying his every move, you know, how he took off the jacket and how, how he was asking for permission, you know, and, you know, because uh, in those days people were very legalistic, so they, you had to come in, uh, in your jacket and your suit and everything, and so he preached his, with a jacket and was very hot and says, would you give me permission to take off my jacket, you know, because uh, in some of these churches it was unheard of, you couldn't do that, you understand? And of course, because it was the big man, you know, so they had to give him permission. So after he had gone, everybody tried to do that. <laughs> the, the, the new Reinhard Bonkis, you know. Uh, so that, that was the issue of my, my friend. You know, he, he, he was very good. He had a lot of gifts. He could do a lot of things that Reinhard Bonke could never have done. Okay? And when Reinhard Bonke needed to have a service in a certain way, he, he went to him and says, can you help me with that? And he did it. And he did it very well. But the, in his mind, he says, I want to be Bonke himself. Okay? I want to also be a preacher. So he, he went to the photographs and had a Bible with him and, you know, got photographed and says, you know, this is, this is my calling. But it wasn't his calling, you know. So he, he hurt himself because you know, he, could not do, he could not do what he could not do. Somebody is making a competition here. Please don't play with your things, you know, please. It's time to listen. So, uh, it's important for us to understand, you know, you can't force God to give you a calling that he has not called you for, okay? Sometimes these are ambitions we have. And sometimes God deliberately keeps us somewhere so that we learn to be humble, okay? So that we learn to be content with what he is giving to us. Because if we don't learn to be content, he will never lift us. Okay? So God wants us to be content. And, you know, there comes a time when he says, okay, now your time has come. And, uh, of course, uh, God's time may not be your time. Our time is always, as Jesus said, you know. Uh, Jesus' time was not always. Jesus had a very particular uh, plan for every single day. And so let's not uh, try to run ahead of God. Okay? We are disciples. That means we are followers of Christ. We are walking in his footsteps. We must not be ahead of him. If he has not been stepping somewhere, why should you step there? Okay? So, uh, remember, Jesus was amazing. Okay? Because he... he, he he gave every one of the disciples a ministry. All of them became apostles except Judas, as you know. Okay? And all of them were given a unique, different kind of uh, ministry. Jesus was not there to please the people. He was there to equip them. He was there to build them. He was there to transform them. So that when finally their, di their day would come they would be able to do what was right. Okay, and I think that is really what we should uh, uh, weigh. So let me now go into the subject uh, for this morning. And I want to go to the book of Second Corinthians chapter 4. And by the way, actually it's very much in line what we have been discussing here. Okay, chapter 4 in Second Corinthians chapter uh, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose hearts. Okay? 
the ministry that you have, if you have one, okay? Because not everybody has a ministry. Okay? Or not everybody has heard the call for the ministry, okay? Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose hearts. Okay? No matter what we are going through in life, you know, we are building ourselves on the word of God and we are not easily swept away by circumstances around us. You know, the circumstances around us, whether it's sentiments of people or whether it's uh, uh, the attack of the evil one, whatever the case may be, it may sometimes make you want to lose hearts, okay? But the ministry is your staying power, okay? The, the, the ministry that God gives you is coming with the power to carry it through, okay? So if God gives you a calling... He also equips you accordingly. You know, there are some people who have come to me in, 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 in uh, my, my ministry who have said, God called me to do A, B, C, D. And I say, praise the Lord, this sounds good. And then they say, but uh, you need to give me now X, Y, Z, otherwise I can't do it. And I say, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not the one who called you. Neither can I equip you. Okay? So, the Lord who is calling you will make way for you, will make room for you, will equip you. And some people got very annoyed, walked away, never to be seen and heard again, never ever started any ministry anywhere, which means they never had a ministry. Okay? Because if you have a ministry, your ministry will make way for you. Okay? And your ministry does not depend on a PS system. Your ministry does not depend on, on transport. Your ministry does not depend on any of these issues that are around us. Your ministry is a ministry, and you begin where you are, okay? That's it. Once you begin where you are, then God will create space for you, okay? Like I said uh, from uh, uh, Scripture in, in, in Psalms 119, 105, you know, God is a lamp to our feet, a light to our way. We are not having headlights which are going uh, uh, five kilometers on or maybe the next five, six years on. But he's giving us the step right now. What I'm supposed to do today, God is going to reveal this to me. And that's what ministry requires. You know, re ministry requires faith in God. Okay? Not, not begging from people. So, since therefore... Through God's mercy, we have this ministry. So you must always be mindful of the fact that your ministry does not come from people, but your ministry comes from God. Even if you work in a, in a household uh, under a father, it's not the father who has given you the ministry, it's God who gives you the ministry. I'm not the one who gives ministry gifts. It is Jesus himself, okay? He is the one who ascended on high, and he gave gifts to men, okay? These gifts we were talking about yesterday. You know, the gifts are human beings, people who are equipped with a ministry, okay? And because we have received that, that ministry through the mercy of God, we do not lose hearts, okay? We do not lose hearts. No matter what people are saying, no matter how they're responding, 
We are not losing heart. As long as you are doing the ministry, it doesn't matter how people respond. Whether they pick up stones to, 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 to try and stone you, or whether they are shouting hallelujah, hosanna, you know, it doesn't matter. You are not, you're not uh, going to be proud because they are shouting hosanna. Neither you are uh, uh, di- completely diminished and, and discouraged because they are speaking stones. No, the ministry is what keeps you. Okay? The ministry is what is your strength. That's why you need to guard that ministry. Okay, let nobody talk you out of that ministry. If God has spoken to you, that is it. Let nobody tell you anything else. Okay, let nobody discourage you. And of course, you know, there are things that can discourage us. There are voices that can discourage us. But this is the bottom line. You know, the ministry that we have received by the mercy of God is going to give us the strength to carry through. Okay, we do not lose hearts. Okay, if you lose your heart, you have lost everything. You can't survive without a heart. Am I right? So therefore, make sure that you are fully sure of what is God's ministry upon your life. It's not dependent on anybody saying anything. You know, it's not dependent on even the Father calling you to preach or not to preach. That is immaterial. You must understand this is the ministry I've been given. And of course, every one of us has been given a different ministry. Like it was rightly observed. You know, Barnabas was, was a, a, a comforter, an encourager. But he was not necessarily the one who was standing on the pulpit. And yet he did uh, a marvelous work by bringing people together. Okay? Helping people to go uh, into the calling they had like... like uh, 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 Paul himself, and you remember uh, John, John, Mark, and uh, and uh, Paul. They were at lockerheads at one time, you know. Uh, and and and, and uh, uh, Paul said, "Get him out." He chased him because it was a nuisance. But the same Paul later on in his age, he wrote, "You know, send me John, you know, John Mark, because he is of of great help to me." So you know. If today things don't work, it, it's not, not everything is lost. If your ministry is your ministry, you know, God can build it. God can restore it. God can transform it. And that, that is really the bottom line, what we, where we need to stand on. Okay? So the ministry that God has given to us is our strengths. Okay? And, and, and we, we, we must never, never, ever uh, be be discouraged in any other way, you know. So this is also my ministry. Huh? Sometimes there are so many things that that compete with time.
Are you still here? Yeah. You are quiet. Okay, so uh, let's understand your value is not in your papers. Okay, your value is not in the things that maybe any other profession may, may you know, uh, look at. There's nothing wrong with your papers, but your value in the ministry is the call and the ministry God has given you. That's the bottom line, okay? Through the mercy we have this, through the mercy of God we have this ministry. This ministry is what keeps us, what makes us go, what makes us uh, effective in in what we do. Verse two. 
Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways, and we do not we do not use deception, nor do we re- distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's consistent cons- conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now, here we have uh, a scripture that I think borders uh, borders on the things that we have been discussing about uh, since the time we came. Okay. Uh, Paul says, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. Okay, so we are not trying to sell ourselves when we are uh, trying to preach the word of God. You know, uh, there should the, the, the package must must have what is what is meant to be in that ministry. The ministry that God has given to us is a ministry of Christ. Okay, of the living word. In the beginning, there was the word. Okay. And uh, the word was with God, okay? And the word was light, and in the light there was the life of men, okay? All of this, I mean, it's a package, a full package, and that's our ministry, okay? So we are not to mix the ministry of God with our own ambitions, with our own dreams and hopes, okay? with our own ministry ideas that we think we we need to pursue to make a name for ourselves. Actually, the name that God has given to you is coming through the ministry that he has given you. Okay? That is what what builds your name in the ministry. Or else it will be just uh, not valid. Okay? There's a Paul because Paul had a ministry. Okay, there's a Barnabas because a Barnabas had a ministry. There's a Peter because Peter had a ministry. There's a John because John had a ministry. If they had no ministry, you would not read anything about them. There's an Ananias because God gave him a call to serve one person. And he did that faithfully. Whatever else he did, we don't know because it's not written. So what God writes in his book of life, you know, if he has given you the ministry then that ministry will build you as a person. Okay? You must not you as a person try to abuse the gift of a ministry and do what you want to do. That is the wrong way around. So, Paul says we have renounced secret and shameful ways. Okay? Which means... There are secret and shameful ways in the ministry, okay? In, in what people call ministry. 
And you know, like uh, during the days of Jesus, there were a lot of uh, issues. We will read later on about super apostles and people who are uh, presenting themselves as what and what. You know, this, this was a reality. Not only today, it was there then. Okay, sometimes we think, oh, this is a bad time, you know, it's the last time, you know. And of course, yes, that's true to some extent. But, but wrong stuff has always been there because human beings have been there. Okay, human beings are human beings and they are bringing elements of, 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 of sin into the, into the picture. So as ministers of God, we need to renounce secret and shameful ways. Okay, you must not peddle your own image, trying to build your own pocket, trying to get a mansion from other people's pockets. Okay, that is not our right to do. God has not given us authority to cheat people like a lot of people do today. A lot of so-called ministers of the of the gospel, the so-called uh, men of God, are just trying to enrich themselves uh, through their eloquence, okay? They call it ministry, but it's not ministry, okay? These are secret and shameful ways. And I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to go into detail. There are too many of these so-called preachers who are using shameful ways to enrich themselves, okay? I'm not saying none of them was called. Some of them may have been called, but they were abusing things for their own, for their own benefit. And you know, we, we really must understand that when we are in the ministry, we have to build a very high uh, level of integrity. Okay? We cannot be like anybody else. You know, if, if you say, no, everybody does it, <laughs> let them do it, but for you, you can't. Okay, even if everybody does it, if I'm called in the ministry, I have a responsibility to the one who called me in the ministry, and the ministry will 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 demand from me that I build integrity into my life, that I renounce the shameful stuff in my life. Okay, that I do not use deception. You know, you can't mix the word of life and deception. That's not going to work. At the end of the day, there is no word of life. If they, where, where there's deception, there's no word of life. They may be using, uh, the, 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 or let me say, they may be abusing some of the, 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 the scriptures, which, you know, yesterday we saw that they do it in a motivational way. Okay? Try to excite people, trying to uh, make them uh, put their, dip their hand in a pocket and pull out the money. But that is deception, okay? That is, is not legal, you know? We are, we are here to, to, to minister with the word of God and God will supply our needs according to his call in ministry. You understand? So we must not use deception. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a sorry side. You know, the other day I've seen a, 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 a documentary from one of the big... Uh, big uh, apostle, bishop, or whatever he calls himself in, in Nigeria, you know, and, and uh, there was a team, I think it was from BBC or so, they followed him, and they were openly displaying what they were doing, you know. 
how they are, how they were punching the kind of liquid together which they are selling later on. You know, it is this is deception to the highest degree, and of course they showed him, they showed many of the real estate that he had bought and that he had thing, and, and you know how he was able to even bring people into into a, a, a stadium uh, together, and they're all worshiping this man like he's a god. Okay, that's not ministry. Okay. If the man originally was called into ministry, then he has, uh, he has actually destroyed that ministry. Because you cannot have deception and mix it with the word of life. Impossible. Impossible. Okay? The word of life, the word of truth, demands truth from us in the inward parts. Okay? John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus came in the fullness of grace and truth. Okay? Grace and truth will always go together. You cannot say, okay, I give you grace, truth, let's forget about it. It's not going to work. You know, grace and truth are just like two trucks for a, for a railway line, you know? If you remove one, is the, is the train going anywhere? Never. Never ever. So we must have both. We must have grace and we must really have a high level of integrity in truth. So there is no way that we can allow our, our ministry to deteriorate into deception. Okay? And if you are faithful, God will take care of you. I'm telling you, God will take care of you. God, God is not having a short arm that he cannot help. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one who has created this world. He's the one who has given us the provisions for every day in our life. You know, and he's the one who lets uh, uh, a lot of crop grow right now, which at one time you may just get a small portion to eat and depend on. You know, because there's so much, there's so plentiful uh, what God uh, provides that we should not really worry about. Okay? And yes, of course, sometimes we may, we may face luck. You know, Paul said, I've experienced both. I've had plenty and then I had times when there was, was luck, you know, when I was, was uh, struggling. But in all these things, we praise God. You know, he is the one who is in charge and he is the one who is going to help us through. So, ministry, you know, there is no, there is no other profession that can ever compare with the ministry that God has given to us. Okay. And whatever else you do in life, it must never be above ministry. Ministry must always be superior. Ministry must always be on top. Ministry is the first, the first vocation for your life. No matter what else you maybe have uh, uh, been able to do or what you can be able to accomplish in life, but ministry must be number one. Okay? And then that ministry must also guide everything else that you do. Okay, whatever other profession you may still have uh, or whatever other things that you may be able to do, it must guide also the, 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 the very uh, work that you do in other areas. So deception cannot work. You know, you cannot mix deception and the word of life, the word of truth. Not possible. If you try to do it, you don't have anything. You have a concoction that brings death. 
Okay, not life. Nor do we distort the word of God. Okay, you know what it means to distort the word of God? You know, yesterday we said that we have our, our, our ministry is to preach the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Not, not just the ones we like. Okay? Remember, Paul says we are not like Moses who was putting a veil in front of his face so that people would not uh, uh, be uh, disturbed when they came to him because of the brightness of the glory of God. And that was making people dull. So if we are veiling the word of God, you are not having the results that you are supposed to have. You know, you are not going to see people change, but they, you will make people dull. So what we need is the whole word, and we cannot afford to distort the word of God. I think I don't need to tell you. I think you probably know even better than I because I'm not following all of these things on Facebook and on, on other social media channels and even on television. You know, there are so many people. I mean, I, I don't even know how many channels of television we have now who are, who are carrying people who are distorting the word of God from A to Z, you know, from the beginning to the end. Very sad, isn't it? But then, you know, we have no right to distort the word of God. The word of God is the word of God. It, will, it has been and it will remain the word of God forever. You know, nobody can add, nobody can subtract. You know, Jesus says no one can even, you know, even the, the smallest letter, the iota, will fall to the ground. Okay? So the word of God is not your word. You cannot manufacture something differently out of the word of God and, and make it appealing to people and uh, they give you some, some praise and some money at the end of the day. The word of God must remain the word of God. If it is uncomfortable, so let it be. Okay? I mean, the word of God has passages which are very hard to, 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 to swallow. Okay? No question about it. But God knows why he said what he said. And we need to leave it just like that. So our responsibility is not to tell people, I'm sorry, you know, this is not what God means. He's actually, you know, he says there's judgment, but actually he's a good God. No, if, if God says I'm a, I'm a judge, then he's a judge. Okay? Of course, Jesus said, I have not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But, you know, that was at that time. But he will come back as the judge also. And the Bible is very clear about it. So we must not distort the word of God. We must not mix the word of God with our own ideas. Because then we reduce the word of God or we make it, we make it into no effect. But on the contrary, we set forth the truth plainly. No, we, we, we present the truth of the word of God plainly. Okay, and of course you cannot uh, set the truth uh, plainly when you are when you are a crook yourself. Okay, that's why Paul said this. You know, he says, on the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Okay, so in other words, God is watching. So you can't come as a crook. 
you must present yourself as a true minister of the gospel, as a servant of the Lord. You know, people should recognize the word that comes from your lips is evidence of the life that you live. Okay? You can't say one thing and do something else. So, never forget, we are always in the sight of God. Okay? No matter what we do, we are ever in the sight of God. You know, sometimes people are so worried to make themselves presentable to the, to the world around them. You know, when they go for a meeting, oh, they are so worried about being presentable. But they don't take even a, a few minutes to even make them presentable in their hearts before God. Okay? So what is important is that we are presentable in the, in the sight of God. Okay? And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. So in other words, not everybody will be able to understand you. Not everybody will give you the benefit of a doubt. Okay? Not everybody will be uh, receiving you with open arms. There are some people who will act, react in the opposite way. But that should not deter you. That should not stop you. That should not discourage you. Because you know, from the very beginning, this is the nature of our ministry. Okay? The ministry appeals to the, to the mind and the heart of a human being. And whosoever will... Okay, not whosoever you force, but whosoever will, will respond. Okay, so if others are not responding favorably, leave them. It's their right to do so. Okay, of course they will have to give an account later on in their own, over their own life, but you cannot force people. Okay, God has given us freedom. And, you know, God does not want anybody forced in his family. You know, just imagine uh, you, 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 you get finally into the family of God in glory, and then you are sitting next to somebody who is always saying, mm, I didn't want to be here, I didn't want to be here, you know? W would that be the kind of uh, uh, expectation that you have? No, actually, when we are finally there, everybody who is there is there because he or she wanted to be there, okay? Because we prepared ourselves to be there. Okay, we, we, we renounced the shameful and evil ways to be there. Okay? So, the, 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 the people who are not seeing the gospel because it is veiled to them, because they don't, they don't respond to the word of God, so be it. You know, we can't change that. And, you know, wherever you preach, you will see that uh, things will divide. Okay? Remember, I said uh, the word of God is like a double-edged sword. So there will be division. Others, they will hate you, or they will ignore you, or they will walk away from you. Others, they will respond to you. Okay? And that is something that even you and me cannot influence. Okay? It's, it's a, the will of a man and the grace of God that is actually going to to be applied to such a person who, who says, Lord, here I am, receive me a sinner. Okay? 
So the God of this age, and let's not forget, you know, the ministry is actually being preached in the realm of the God of this age. Who is the God of this age? Satan. Okay. And if you look carefully, the God of this age is not God with a, with a capital G, but with a small g. Okay. So actually he's a ruler of this age. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God who is the image of God. Okay, so for you and me, you know, uh, when the gospel is being preached, it's obvious, you know, if, if Christ is being preached, you can see the glory of God. You can see uh, the truth of God. And you may be wondering, why are others not seeing it? If they are blind, they can't see it. Okay, and the Bible is clear that uh, the God of this world has blinded the people, you know, of this world, the unbelievers, those who don't want to respond, they will be blind. And, you know, it's a reality. I mean, if you hear sentiments, news around the world, you know, if you uh, are seeing what people are posting on, 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 on the various uh, social media, you can see there are people who do not see. Okay? They don't see the light. And that's why they behave like they behave. You know, honestly, does it make sense for somebody uh, to, to be a criminal and then get locked up in, in prison? And then he has been in prison maybe for a few years. He comes out, he goes right back to the same crime again. When he knew, even the first time, I couldn't keep myself out of prison. Even the first time, I was not becoming a beneficiary at the end of the day. I was losing everything I stole, and I was even spending my time in prison. And people go back to that. Okay? That's the nature of sin. Okay? The, the, the sinner cannot see sins, cannot see the lights. Okay? Cannot see the kingdom of God, cannot see the promise of God. And that's what, what, what Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, that means born of the Spirit, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. And that's the reason why people who are masquerading as ministers of the gospel but are deceiving or having deception uh, and distorting the word of God, that they are able to make people follow them and believe them because they are not telling the truth. They are not letting the light of God shine in their ministry, but they are bringing deception. Okay? I mean, you may have asked yourself, I have asked myself many times for that matter, you know, why do people follow such kind of uh, uh, individuals who are deceiving them, who are giving them false promises, who are telling them over and over again how they will be blessed and how they will get this and the other. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, it's never happening. And they still pull money and throw it at them. Does this make sense? You know, but this is when you cannot see. If you're blind, you're blind. You can't see. And that's what the, the word of God tells us. You know? The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. God has given his light, but they cannot see it. The gospel is good news. It displays the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has come into this world to display the nature of God amongst us. But there are people who cannot see it. 
I wish everybody could see. But they can't. Because they have decided not to believe. Okay, and you know, you can't please God without faith. It's not possible. Verse 5, for we preach, for what we preach is not ourselves, okay, and please, this is very important, you know, what we preach is not ourselves, not your own ambitions, not your own dreams or hopes, but you are preaching Christ. We preach, we preach Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. You know, uh, now, don't misunderstand me. God has chosen us as vessels to be preachers of the good news. And vessels are important, you know. If you want to give somebody water, you need a vessel, whether it's a bottle or it's a glass or whatever it is, isn't it? And, you know, the vessel is not water, but it carries the water. And likewise, we are vessels. You know, we'll later on come to that even in more details. We are vessels. And God recognizes our ability as well as our weakness as vessels. Okay? No vessel is perfect. Okay? But a vessel is important. Why, why do you think that God did not uh, uh, appoint angels to preach the gospel? Couldn't they have been a better vessel uh, that would not have been tainting, uh, tainting the, uh, the water in any way? Actually, it may sound like this, but it's not, not true, because a, 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 an angel does not have a clue what grace is. An angel does not have a clue what salvation is. In fact, the Bible says the angels are longing to see, you know, what what the grace of God has done in our lives, what, what God is doing, you know, through forgiveness and through redemption and regeneration, you know. Angels cannot understand that. As such, they are not good uh, vessels to preach the gospel. So in other words, uh, we have something to contribute, okay? And everyone has. I mean, like what we are reading here, you know, uh, from the very start, uh, since we have gone into Second Corinthians, is that you see the vessel called Paul, isn't it? You see his struggles, you see his, uh, his breakthroughs, you see everything that he is uh, contending with, because he's a vessel. And so don't hide yourself as a vessel, because, you know, the vessel is required in order to carry the, the, the value. But you're not preaching yourself, you're preaching Christ. Okay, don't make the vessel the main, the main subject, but leave Christ to be the main player in everything, okay? So Jesus is Lord, and we are servants. So a servant has a, has a job to do. A servant has got a, a, a job description. And we as, as servants of the Lord, we carry the light of God. We carry the, 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 the life of God. We carry the water of God. We carry the word. Okay? It's very important. And as we are carrying the water, you know, you may, you may pour that water and encourage people 
showing them that what the water has done in your life. Okay, but then you must not make yourself the number one subject because the subject is Christ, the Lord. And we are servants. For God who said, let, the, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displaced in the, displayed in the face of Christ. God is the one who let his light shine out of darkness. And you know, this is the very, the very essence of ministry. This is the very essence of the kingdom of God. You know, uh, this is the essence of the ecclesia, okay, the, 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 the family of God. We have come out of darkness into his wonderful light. Praise God. And we must never forget that. You know, God is the one who makes your message potent. Okay? You can say whatever you want. If there's no light shining out of your words, then it's going to be useless. God is the one who lets his light shine out of darkness, into darkness, and makes his light shine in our hearts and in the hearts of the people you preach to. And that, that light is bringing the knowledge of God's glory to the hearts of the people you're preaching to. Okay? So that's why we must not veil it. Otherwise people will remain dull. No, we must freely preach it. What you have received freely, freely give. Okay, so at the end of the day, yes, we have this ministry from God. Okay? Through his mercy, we have this ministry as a gift given to us. And in this ministry, what is operating again is God himself. Okay? Not us. Himself as the Lord. Him as the light. Shining into darkness. You know, we, we all are familiar that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And the other day I was preaching about uh, the light, you know, the natural light that makes us understand even the spiritual uh, dimension of light. Light is so much more than what we can see with our natural eyes. Okay? The visible, the visible light is only a small fraction of the light scale, you know, that is uh, uh, all... Uh, sharing the same, the same kind of uh, uh, properties. You know that light is very fast. Okay, 300 uh, million what, meters per second. Uh, nothing is as fast as that. And light, you know, from gamma rays to, uh, to uh, you know, ultraviolet rays or, or uh, radio waves or, 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 you know, UV wave. Uh, all of these waves are still light, okay? And they are doing amazing things that we cannot see. I mean, all the things that are growing out there, you know, the trees, the plants, everything, it's because there is that influence of the light. You know, what we see as natural, visible light 
is just a very, very small bandwidth that we can be able to see. Actually, I've got a, a diagram here. You know, they call it the electromagnetic spectrum, okay? It looks like this. Okay, can you see? Okay, uh, there is radioactive waves, which we call gamma rays. They are very, you know, very, very short waves. Okay, then there's X-ray. X-ray, I'm sure we are familiar with. Maybe most of us have had an X-ray in our life at one time or the other. Okay, then we have UV light, ultraviolet light. Then we have the light that we see, you know, our light bulbs or the sun. And you see, like, from this, from this spectrum of light, what is visible is only that small, these two lines here. Can, can you see that? You know, these two lines, where the red line and the, the, the magenta line, these, these two lines are the boundaries of what our eyes can see. But the light of God is far beyond that, okay? So if the natural light is already so huge, okay, you can imagine, you know, that uh, the light of God is even far beyond that. Of course, then we have uh, radar, we have got uh, TV uh, waves, we've got uh, radio waves, and all of these are travel at the speed of life, light. All of these have got the same properties of light. Okay, so when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, then what he says is far beyond what we think. Okay, and I think that's what we need to become aware of. Okay, so when God says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displaced in the face of Christ. Okay? In Genesis chapter 1, you will know that there was darkness, and God said, let there be light. Okay? And the light started the process of everything else. You know, without light, nothing could have happened. So the light is what uh, kicked it all off. And uh, this is the light that God graciously has allowed us to carry. This is the light that we preach. And actually, Jesus didn't only say, I'm the light of the world, but he said, you are the light of the world. So we have to radiate the light of God and not just visibly radiate the light of God, but even through invisible ways like love, compassion, Righteousness, you know, some of these things are not immediately seen with a natural eye, but they must be there. Just like that spectrum of, uh, of, 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 of light is very wide, so even our light that we are bringing forth into the hearts of people is white. And of course, it's not us originating that, it's God's gift. Okay? God has given us that in order to, to carry. Verse 7, and, and now this is really now very, very crucial what we are seeing here. Paul is saying, but we have this treasure. Okay, we have this treasure. Do you know that you are carrying a treasure? Amen. A treasure that is far beyond all of the things that people are masquerading for, you know, nothing to do with mansions or cars or, 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 or special uh, places in society, nothing like that. You know, we 
have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Okay? That's the bottom line. Please. You know, uh, there's a danger that when we see great, great results in our ministry that we become proud. That we say, ah, you know, I can heal the sick. And you know, there are so many of the people who may have at one time or the other time seen a miracle and then they are, they are claiming uh, they are, have the power to, to heal. You know? Even if you have the power to heal, it's a gift God has given to you. Okay? So, you know, we cannot say uh, God has given me answer to certain prayers and now I'm, I'm now an expert in that. Okay? I, I remember there was a time when quite a number of people have come to me to get, to get prayer for, because they couldn't become pregnant. And I prayed and quite a number of times I've seen people having, having uh, what they were asking for. Okay? And then there were others who came and uh, I prayed for them and nothing happened. Okay? So I'm not the one who is deciding. It's God. You know, I, I, I can only just simply pray and trust God that uh, he who says we should commit everything to his hands, that we do. Whether, whether the result will come or not, I have no jurisdiction. It's him. Okay? We pray because God encouraged us to pray. Okay? Ask and you shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock at the door and it will be opened unto you. Okay? But then, if God decides for one reason or not, uh, you know, or another, not to, to, to answer a certain prayer that we, that we, that we bring to the Lord, I can't, I can't change it, you know? As much as I would love to, but I can't. So we have this treasure, and, and brothers and sisters, let's never forget that. You are carrying a treasure. Okay? Even so, all of us, we are just simply jars of clay. You know? And clay is uh, easy broken, isn't it? Clay is being formed by a potter, and when it's getting old, it can become brittle and it can easily break. And uh, Paul says, you know, this is what we are. Don't be proud of yourself. You are, a, you are a, a pot of clay. Okay? But in this pot of clay, you know, in this jars of clay, we are carrying the treasure of God. Okay? That's what makes us valuable. That's what makes us important in these worlds. Now, what, what Paul is saying us, to us here now is, is, is quite disturbing again. You know, we are coming back to what Paul said earlier on, what we have heard. He says, we are, you know, because we are this, this uh, jars of clay. And, you know, jars of clay are in danger of breaking if they are in, uh, in, in, in difficult situations. And then Paul says, but these difficult situations, this is what we are going through. Okay, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Okay, now listen, this is very important. These things will come, they will shake your jar of clay, 
they will even threaten the jar of clay to, to break in a thousand pieces. But the good thing is that you are kept by a, a stronger hand than the hand that is opposing you. Okay, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Okay? Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Okay? The kernel of wheat must fall into the ground and die. Okay? And only if it dies will there be new life that is going to grow out of it again. So we are carrying in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Okay? Ay, this is powerful. So, we are chars of clay. Okay? God has decided to use us as the vessels in order to bring good news to the world. To transform the hearts and minds of people in this world. You know, we have a treasure, a treasure. And please, you know, you should write it down somewhere. Sometimes, you know, uh, we, we have periods in our times when we feel very low. Okay? You know, right now you have heard, in fact, even today as I was uh, uh, browsing through the newspaper, I, I, I saw somebody, a lawyer, who wants to be taken to uh, Chinama because he has a, uh, he's suicidal, okay? And uh, yes, I don't know, something happened there with his child poisoning or whatever. I've not read the story, I just read the headline. But you know, can you see, this is what is happening. And this is not a, a, you know, an isolated case. These are things that happen. You know, we have heard just the statistics, how many people committed suicide in the last one year, over a thousand, you know? That is serious, okay? That is very serious. So we are in a, in a world that wants to diminish us, okay? The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy, okay? That's the mission of, of, of Satan. We should be aware of that, okay? And uh, of course, the unbelievers, he has got an easy, an easy way to do that. He just keeps them in, 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 that, in that state because that means they are, they are going straight into death. Okay? But even for us who are you know, carrying the treasure of God, who are carrying the life of God inside of us, you know, he will try to do exactly what Paul is saying here. Hard-pressed on every side, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but we are not crushed. We are not destroyed. Yes, we, we are carrying the death of Christ around with us. Okay? And, and you know, this is actually uh, the, the spirit of humility that we need to keep. We must never be boasting. We must never be, you know, uh, what, what some of these uh, people are masquerading at. 
to, to show how, how great we are and how influential we are. Now we are carrying the death of Christ. And you know, that must keep us on our knees. It must keep us humble. It must keep us uh, in a position, you know, just like we have seen in, uh, in the, the book of uh, Matthew chapter 5, it must keep us in a position where we are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, okay? Where we are receiving the, feel, the feeling of God from above, where we are humble in heart, you know, where we are, uh, you know, learning to be merciful in every way. Despite the death, okay, despite the experience of, 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 of uh, some misery in our life that we may go through, through that, okay, through that, it's a seed, through that life will come. Okay, so never look at uh, what you are going through at this moment in time, but always know that God has put a seed in your life that may be dying. But as it dies, it releases life. Okay? And all of us are meant to go through that process. Okay? Jesus is not the only one who has gone through that process. We are disciples, and disciples are followers of Jesus. So if Jesus went through that, that means even us, we are, we are meant to go through that. The good thing is that even so, Jesus was cru- crucified on, the, on that cross and shed his blood. You know, we need to crucify ourselves to the old nature, but we are not dying, okay? We are not shedding our blood, because the, the blood that we can shed is worth nothing. We only need the blood of Jesus. But, you know, the principle is still the same. You know, we need to go through death so that life can be revealed, so that life can be set free. You know, this process, uh, we, we, we actually see that process happening every year, you know, and not just once a year, but throughout the year, depending whenever you sow a seed, you see a harvest, okay? Even in your garden, if you are putting some cabbages there or some, some tomatoes or some whatever, cucumbers, you know, when, once you put the seed and you make sure it's watered, it will grow, okay? It will grow. And that principle is at work in us, okay? There's a treasure inside of us, and that treasure will bring life, okay? Will bring life. It is not hindered by the char of clay, but in the char of clay, it will do its work. And that's the the beauty, that God will not do things in our absence. We are not just spectators, we are partakers, of the life of God. We are servants of the Most High God. And that is beautiful. Okay? I think we are out of time, but... Uh, We started, we started this passage of scripture, and I'm, I'm going to end here in, on verse 12. You know, I'll continue later on. Uh, we started out on, on, on this whole uh, passage of scripture with uh, the fact that God, by his mercy, has given us the ministry. 
Okay? God, by his mercy, has given us a ministry. So the ministry is not yours. It's God's gift to you. Okay? Which must be superior to anything else in our life. And we are ending it with uh, the fact that we are vessels, that we are jars of clay in which that ministry works. Okay? In the vessel, your vessel, my vessel, that, that, that life of God is active and powerful and strong. Okay? That light is going to shine. It will be hard-pressed. It will be, you know, knocked here and there. It will be persecuted. It will be struck down. But it cannot be destroyed. Okay? The devil tried to destroy Jesus. And he managed to, to have him nailed to a, to a cross even so he was not guilty. You know? According to the law of the land at that time, Jesus should never have been crucified. Okay? Not to the law of, uh, of Israel, not to the law of the Romans. Jesus should never have crucified, been crucified. The devil managed to get him crucified. And his blood was shed. But lo and behold, he didn't manage to destroy him. Okay? The next thing that happened after he, he had him where he wanted him to be is that he rose from the dead. And that made the predicament of the devil even worse. Okay? So the devil will never succeed. Write this down. The devil will never succeed unless you give him into him. But the devil will not succeed. Even if death comes to you, even if death is at work in your life, but also life is at work in you. Okay? We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies. He who lets the light shine into the darkness that light of God, you know. God uses our mortal body. He is not hindered by uh, the mortality of, of this body. In fact, that is, that is uh, to the glory of God that, that his power is being revealed in the mortality of our body, okay? In our frailty as a, as a vessel, as a jar of clay, and yet God loves to reveal himself in the jar of clay. Okay? Jesus himself became a man. Okay? There was fallen mankind and, and, and Jesus decided to become a human being. So, of course, without sin. And he remained without sin throughout his lifetime. But it was a limitation. Can you imagine the limitation from from glory to being just a human being that was bound to a body like us, okay, that was bound to a certain geography uh, in the Middle East. Do you know that Jesus never traveled to Europe or to America or to Africa? Oh, Africa, yes, you know, uh, to Egypt, okay? But otherwise, the, the, the ministry uh, radius of Jesus was, was relatively small. In the human body. Okay? And that's why Jesus said, it's good for you that I'm going. Because when I'm going, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to be with you forever and everywhere. Okay? 
So in other words, Jesus was accepting the limitation of his body. And let me tell you, all of us, we have a limitation in our body. You know, if you are sitting in conference room one today at Go Center, you cannot at the same time be uh, in Chipata or in Kasama or in Kabwe or in Livingston. You are here, okay? This is a limitation. But God has chosen to use that limitation in order to let his glory flow in riches that are beyond our ability as a human vessel. Okay? So this may be at work in our limitation, but life is working in us because God <coughs> is the originator of that treasure. Okay? The treasure in you. Okay? So we have the ministry from God and that ministry is the treasure from God and that treasure from God is the light of God that shines into the darkness and will bring transformation. Okay? But it will not happen without a sacrifice. It will not happen without some death. You know, it will not happen without integrity. It will not happen with, with us to renounce shameful ways. It cannot happen if we are distorting the word of God. There are conditions, okay? And these are the conditions that we have to apply upon our own life, you know? And some of us, we have lived in that for years, you know, but we have to consider again and again, you know, am I, am I on course? Am I at level with, with what the Lord has called me to, to accomplish and do? So may the Lord bless you. And uh, I think we have a chance later on to reflect on that. Uh, you know, there, there, is so many, there are so many wonderful words that God is giving us to encourage us in the ministry of building the kingdom of God, building the ecclesia of God. Remember, Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia. Okay, it's not yours, it's not mine, it's, it's Christ's. And he will do it through the jars of clay in whom he has poured, poured his treasure out of which the light is going to shine because God has given, them, has given us a ministry that is from him by his grace and by his mercy. May God bless you. Thank you.